0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Dare Country Podcast Podcast, the fourteenth of December, twenty twenty-three. Happy Thursday to you, man. You know, by the way, I keep forgetting to mention this. Um, I, I when I save the shows. After I record them, I just entitle them, you know, episode whatever with a number. And the the count is off because I've transposed numbers and things and and skipped weeks. And that's just a problem of inattentiveness and dyslexia. But according to my count, uh, which isn't official because it doesn't line up with uh, SoundCloud. What does SoundCloud say I have? I don't. I don't know where it says it. But I know... Oh, wait. It says there's 1,458 tracks on SoundCloud. Now, maybe all of them weren't uploaded to SoundCloud. I don't know. But it is entirely possible that I've skipped ahead 20... 50... No, 41 things. But according to my count, this is 1,499. Episode 1,499. And... So that means that tomorrow is episode 1500, which it may or may not be. <laughs> I don't know that I may have skipped a whole, you know, skip a week, skip a half a week, skip a whatever. That's the problem with dyslexia and inattentive, uh, inattention to detail. But I'm going to go ahead and count it. It's probably a little early, but I don't care. So happy uh, episode four hundred or 1499 today and tomorrow episode 1500 now a lot of them are reruns so they're not all new shows and I don't remember when this thing started so I guess I could go back and figure that out but it, it's not technic- it's it's upload no it's saved f- I don't know what the hell it is It's some kind of landmark it could be episode 1460 or it could be episode 1500. Or it could be, I don't even know, because if you count reruns, and and I guess there's been no days off, but if you count reruns and things like that, it could be any number of things. But I thought I'd at least mention it, because why not? (laughs) You know? We've got so little to celebrate these days, so I'll pat myself on the back for that one. All right, don't forget about the uh, signed book contest, patreon.com slash podcast. Or, uh, derekhunter.locals.com or just through PayPal. Um, the Rolling Stones book, you can go take a look at it. Bill Wyman's autograph on a book plate, and it's a picture book. It's a big, big, heavy sucker. So if you need to, like, weigh down a body in a river or a lake, this would probably do it. All right, let us get on with the story, the news of the day, so we can get on with the life of the day. The, um, The situation with the Harvard president, it's amazing to me. They're going to stand by her. They're going to stand by their man or woman or whatever the hell she is. I don't know. I don't know what she uh, identifies as, and I don't care what she identifies as. I just know that she is a fraud academically and a plagiarist and a racist piece of crap. Professional victim. You got to love the people who make it to the top of the heap by claiming victimhood right you wonder would they have made it there based on merit i don't think so i don't think so you, if that's what you bring to the table is i'm a victim you're not bringing much to the table you're the kind of person that shows up at a potluck lunch with a bag of chips like oh i've got a bag of chips. everybody else actually made something and you brought a bag of chips it's just lazy and you take the easy way out. It's the people who, like the uh, Robin DiAngelo writes uh, White Fragility. And all of a sudden corporate America goes, oh, this is great. Let's all get it. She brings nothing to the table. She just basically transcribed the concepts routinely discussed on MSNBC and said, let's put it in a book form. And I bet idiots will buy it. And idiots bought it. And then she wrote another book about oh I've got to recapture lightning in a bottle and nobody cared about it because she's intellectually lazy, intellectually dishonest, and not interesting as a person or as a writer. So like okay well it's gone, it's gone. I guess you just have to you know be comfortable hammering checks for your one moment of fraud that uh, managed to make a profit, and you're good and you're good to go for the rest of your life. She'll she'll never have to worry about money. Same with, uh, what's his face, Ibram, Ibram X. Kendi. I think his name's Henry Rogers. But it's Ibram X. Kendi. He, uh, he got his How to Be an Anti-Racist book. And again, Corporate America said, oh, this is great. This, again, if it's really wildly a racist country, structurally so, neither one of these books would have sold anything. But Ibram Kendi has turned it into a... Uh, and if it were merit-based, too, none of these books would have sold anything. And uh, they're just poorly written. But they would have... Uh, he's, he's got spinoffs and kids' books and coloring books and everything. And then he got like $10 million from Nike. He got somewhere in the neighborhood of like $50 million to endow an anti-racism center at wherever the hell he teaches. And uh, they've produced nothing. They've produced absolutely nothing. And the money, where'd the money go? What'd the money go for? Don't know, don't care, can't can't give a damn. And you're like, what the hell? How did this happen in real life? Well, it's because you were fundamentally racist, right? (laughs) That's the idea. We're so fundamentally racist that untalented minorities can leapfrog everybody else including the people for whom the deck is, deck is stacked in favor of, and land on a pile of money, fall bass backwards into a pile of money. Well, Claudine Gay, you got to love this from Harvard. They are standing by her, and they are allowing her to, quote-unquote, retroactively correct her plagiarism With regards, they write, with regards to President Gay's academic writings, the university became aware in late October of allegations regarding three articles. At President Gay's request, the fellows promptly initiated an independent review by distinguished political scientists and conducted a review of her published work. On December 9th, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citation. Inadequate citation. Taking somebody else's words and presenting them as your own is not an inadequate citation. It is straight up theft. Inadequate citation. While the analysis found no violation of Harvard's standard for research misconduct, President Gay is proactively requesting four corrections in two articles to insert citations and quotation marks that were omitted from the original article. Publication. She is now going back to the bank from which she stole the money and opening an account there. It's nice. It's the way to go. It is the absolute lowest level of expectations you can possibly create for somebody. Were she not black, she would have been fired. She deserves to be fired. But the world in which we live and the liberalism exists is dependent on skin color hierarchy and victimhood status. And therefore, people with certain skin colors can do no wrong. It is impossible to do wrong. They have been wronged. Their existence has been wronged. And therefore, Whatever they do is justified. It is not the fault of them. It is society. So Now, this woman has, again, risen to make millions of dollars, risen to lead Harvard University. At one point, before she got her hands into it, the most elite university on the face of the earth, really, honestly. And she's a victim. That's the idea. So she can't do any wrong. The janitor is a piece of crap who can be fired if he uses somebody's incorrect pronouns. But the president, because of her skin color, it acts as a shield against any and all criticism. It is disgusting. It is anti-American. There's no other way to put it. It is anti-American. And yet it is celebrated it will continue to be it will not change anything she will never be fired the only way she could be fired is if she came out and said you know what i'm not with abortion or there should be a limit on abortion maybe maybe six months no wow that's an outrage you should be able to abort up until the point of, of birth and then six months thereafter or something like that that would be the only way she would lose the support of the board of directors of harvard if you ever give money, and it's, it's not just Harvard. Harvard's getting the look right now, but it is not just Harvard. It is all of them. I don't understand people who would ever give to a university that they attended. Why would you do that? Oh, I'm so grateful for the time. No, screw it. It's an institution. What the hell would you feel an obligation? I don't understand school spirit. I don't understand any of this crap, but it's just bizarre to me that you would, there are, you know, charities out there that actually help individuals who need help. I'm telling you that if you're giving money to Harvard and I look, I support Bill Ackman, the billionaire, for cutting off his, his massive donations and discouraging other people and costing the university a billion dollars. That's great. But the idea that they would give a billion dollars to an elite university that has, a you know, a half a trillion dollar endowment or whatever the hell it is, and you sit there and you go, why the hell are you giving this money to... You have to forgive the fan on the background. Um, why are you giving this money to this institution that doesn't need the money? Like, well, I want to endow scholarships and blah blah no what you end up doing it is not the poor kid from a crappy neighborhood who had all the disadvantages of a horrible public education in a place controlled by them they're not benefiting one or two of them might by giving money to a university maybe they'll do a scholarship and give it in but they're not the university is basically a giant hedge fund that is making a fortune off the uh, investments that they have because it's an endowment they're not spending that money they're just a giant tax dodge for themselves and then they pay a whole bunch of people to institute liberal policies and advance a liberal agenda and indoctrinate people don't give these institutions money if you want to help people attend these institutions take your damn money and put it into a scholarship fund that you administer or you set the rules for and pay other people to administer that goes out and seeks students from disadvantaged backgrounds, not based on skin color, but from any color who live in these cities run into the ground by Democrats where the education system has been destroyed by the teachers union. You find the cream of the crop there and you pay their way to these universities. That's the way to do it. The schools themselves don't need your money. They want it. They pretend to be doing good for, it. "Oh, we can build a building. We can endow a chair, we can hire more staffing, like, "Oh, that all sounds good." More people doing things you didn't need done in the first place is not an advancement of humanity. It's just not. So you end up with Harvard with more money than God sitting there wasting it on unqualified diversity hires, not holding people to the same standards. You got to love, you know, the University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill got fired because of what she did and didn't do. But Harvard stands unanimously behind gay. Why? Because of white supremacy or something, right? Right. Just to put a fine point on it, 2001. Headline from the Harvard Crimson. In six-year high, 27 undergraduates forced to withdraw from Harvard in 2020-2021 school year due to honor code violations, meaning plagiarism. Plagiarism. The president of Harvard is able to go back in time and correct, quote-unquote, They're lost and missing citations, a clear violation of any sort of academic standards. But she can go back and do it. Now, what did she do in her dissertation? What about the citations, the lifting, the plagiarism in her dissertation? It doesn't matter. She's a woman and she's black. She's the first one of both, I believe, to be the president of Harvard. And that is enough. That is enough. That wouldn't be that would be the end of a normal person's career and if this country were half as racist and misogynistic as these leftists swear to God it is, it would be over for her. It would never have begun for her. Maybe they're lying to us. Maybe they're trying to manipulate people. Maybe they're just so full of crap. It explains why their hair is brown in some cases. Watching Joe Biden sit there and speak, you sit there and you go, he's so full of crap, it's like those little uh, Play-Doh guys where you sit them on the chair at the barber shop and you push down on the plunger and it pushes the Play-Doh through them. They're so full of Play-Doh, it comes busting out of their, their hair. Joe Biden is so full of crap and the Democrats are so full of crap, it's amazing that any of them have anything other than straight-up brown hair. But this is the world that we live in. This is the world that they're creating. And sooner or later, the piper demands to get paid. Things will not go this way forever. There will be a recoiling for every Dana White out there, sitting there with Tucker Carlson going, drink Bud Light. You got to drink Bud Light. Oh, but Bud Light is bad. No, 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 drink Bud Light. Ha ha. And they're all joking. And you're sitting there going, what the hell? Well, incredibly wealthy people, the elites out there, No matter how much they claim to care about elites and look out for you, the little guy, they're not. It's not on purpose. They can't help themselves. It's who they are. Dana White is a billionaire. Tucker's a multi-millionaire. It perverts your worldview, no matter how much you like to think you're going to remember where you came from or whatever. You change. You change. You become more cynical, however you want to do it. And you look at a situation with Bud Light and they go, well, they wrote a $100 million check to the UFC. So, of course, the guy who you thought was a champion and right there in the trenches with you and, you know, friends with Donald Trump and, oh, man, assault, he will turn on you in a heartbeat. Let's be honest. The Bud Light boycott was one of the few things that conservative grassroots people got right and were successful at in the past couple of years they affected change they hurt bud light and they more importantly forget about anheuser-busch it put other companies on notice that we're not going to take this crap anymore and you got people supposedly on our own team sitting there going no 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 chug Light, bud light that's the way to go that's the way to go no Absolutely not. These people are useful tools. Use them and then just put them away. Ignore them the rest of the time. When they are not useful, when they cross a line, we've got to hold them. That's the problem with the cult of personality in politics in general. If you put aside the principles, if you put aside the policies and you make it about the personality, then that personality will let you down from time to time. Then you have no moral authority to hold that person or that personality to account in any way, shape, or form. You just don't. You need to separate. You need to believe in principles. And then you work with people and support people who will advance those principles, and you don't marry yourself to them. Because on the things where they're not good, you have to be able to say no. If it's about the person, then it's not about the principles. Nobody agrees with you 100%. It's problematic. We sit there and watch the left do it all the time. They always accuse the right, oh, the Donald Trump, the cult, the cult, the cult of Trump. Okay, yeah. To my opinion, there are some people who are far too dedicated to President Trump and not dedicated enough to the principles. They are willing to look past things that Donald Trump does or says that are in contradiction to things that Donald Trump has professed to be in favor of before or that conservatives are in favor of in general. I have a problem with that. I'm I'm a conservative first. I'm not a fan of any candidate to the point that I'm willing to compromise my principles, I will be realistic and go, all right, well, this is the person I agree with the most. I disagree on other things, but you know what? I'll take these victories now, and I'll worry about the rest later. If I want 10, and we're at zero, and somebody can get me to five, or four, or seven, or whatever, I'm going to take it. That's my problem with libertarians, committed libertarians, is they'll sit there and go, well, we're at zero, we need to get to 10, you're only offering nine like yeah well that's a pretty then you only got to fight for one more like no no no, nine is not ten no but you you're not getting it no no, nine is not ten not interested you're a sellout you're a tool you're this i'm not going to vote or i'm going to vote for the democrats or whatever the hell it is libertarians are the ultimate take their ball and go home kind of kids and i'm not interested in that it's it's garbage but it is one of those situations where you're you're looking at things and you've got to compromise in politics. That's just what happens. But you compromise too much and you become, you lose your principles. And then ultimately you lose sight of what the hell you're doing in the first place. So I want to play you this clip because... As we're sitting here, we're dealing with a situation where the president of the United States is desperately scrambling. uh, What's his face? Uh, Zelensky was in town yesterday. might still be in town. Who the hell knows? Who would want to go back to Ukraine anyway? Uh, He's probably going to stop by Switzerland and set up a nice account for his fortune. This is why you have to question everybody. Democrats will never question Joe. Not that Joe would understand the questions anyway. But Zelensky was here begging for money and the White House is tying money to Ukraine to some nominal border security, which isn't really border security. It's it's more money for agents to process people into the country faster. Republicans should oppose this. But Joe Biden did broach the subject of border money, border security being tied to money for Ukraine, which they've all tied to money to Israel. Now, the House of Representatives said this is garbage. Israel is in need of the most help right now, so we're going to pass a separate Israel package. They all profess to support Israel nonstop. Oh, I love Israel. will support Israel. will stand with Israel. But they won't stand with Israel unless they get what else they want. That's not really... If your husband or your wife said, I will remain faithful to you, of course I will, as long as I get this, that, and the other thing. Like, Well, the way, suddenly it's conditional. It's not love anymore if it's conditional now don't get you get deep down in the woods every in the weeds every love is conditional to a certain extent but you get the idea you do this for me and then I will love you I will be faithful to you if you clean the kitchen every day if the dishes are done I will remain faithful to you that's perverse I would begin to question the sincerity of the faithfulness so if you are saying you support Israel and then you refuse to support Israel, <laughs> I'm saying maybe you don't really support Israel. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think maybe you support Israel as much as you uh, you claim to. Methinks thou doth protest too much, my friend. Well, the situation here with Ukraine and the border. Now listen to Joe Biden. I'm going to use a, a term of... Uh, well, if it's a technical, I don't think it's technically the you uh, le- uh, mil- not military, the medical term, but I'm going to use it anyway because it is a body part and it describes a person. Joe Biden is an asshole. Now listen to what he says here in talking about the need for money for Ukraine and money for this, that, and the other thing. He is speaking out of both sides of his ass. One side is, I'm willing to work and compromise and blah, 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 and then he immediately attacks Republicans. Why? Because that's what pieces of garbage do. And I have repeatedly made clear from our first day in office, we also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. We also need Congress to make the changes to fix the broken immigration system here at home. My team is working with Senate Democrats and Republicans to try to find a bipartisan compromise, both in terms of changes in policy and provide the resources we need to secure the border. Compromise is how democracy works, and I'm ready and offered compromise already. Holding Ukraine funding hostage in the attempt to force through an extreme Republican partisan agenda on the border is not how it works. I will work compromise, but I will not the extreme Republican agenda. Well, let's all get along. Extreme Republican agenda. Now, what is the extreme Republican agenda? The reason we've had oh, I don't know ten million people come in in the last couple of years illegally that were just processed and ferried right through like they're entering Disneyland the day the hour that the gates open is because they are exploiting our amnesty laws they are. They come in, oh, I need asylum. I need asylum. Okay, well, we've got to figure out whether or not you need asylum. And that means a court date in five or six years, but you can come on in and work and live and all of that in the meantime. That is what Republicans want to change. They want to reform it to make it more difficult to set some kind of standard, because right now all the standard is, is you have to ask for asylum. Say, so I'm coming in from wherever, Iran, I need asylum. No, you need to go back to Iran. If you need asylum, you're supposed to seek asylum in the next country you come to. How many countries did you pass through to get to the United States that you could have and should have, by international law, sought asylum in? If you march up from South America, same thing. You come over from Africa, you come over from Asia— Same damn thing. But the Biden administration is just ignoring this reality. So the Republicans want to make that more binding. That is what the president of the United States is considering an extreme agenda. I would argue that what the president is advocating is what is genuinely extreme. But he doesn't give a damn. The blood of every American murdered by illegal aliens is on Joe Biden's hands, and he's licking it off like it's a melted chocolate ice cream cone. That's how sick these people are. How do you work with somebody who says, I'm willing to work with people, just not on extreme. By the way, I'm willing to compromise, but the other side is extreme. How do you compromise with extremism? What is the compromise you're willing to make, Joe? You want more agents to process people in faster, which means that the turnstiles just spin faster. That is not compromise. You getting more of what you already got and what you already want is not compromise. Hell, I'm willing to compromise with anybody who's willing to give me everything I want and expect nothing in return. Who wouldn't want that sort of compromise? But when you get to, I don't know, seven years old, you begin to understand that that's not what compromise means, that you don't get to eat all the cookies because you want all the cookies. There are other people in the house. There are other people in the world. Joe Biden, with his whole life being spent suckling the government teat, doesn't understand that, hasn't understood that, has no reason to understand that. Surrounded by sycophants and suffering from dementia, he probably doesn't even remember he said that. And oh, by the way, when he's sitting there next to Zelensky at this joint press conference, uh, when the president was reading that slavishly, word for word, off of hey, cue card, cards, not cue cards, note cards, prepared for him by staff. He does not know what the hell is going on. But this is the world that we construct. This is how you end up with, and it rots from the head down. It's the, It actually rots from the tail to the head and from the head to the tail. You've got people in academia whining about victimhood while they're running prestigious institutions and making a fortune. Meanwhile, the actual people, and by the way, President Gay of Harvard ripped off another black academic, I can't remember her name right now, plagiarized her, But she's conservative. She doesn't count. She's not really black to hear Joe Biden tell. You know, if you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. (laughs) He wasn't joking. He was accidentally telling the truth. It was probably one of the early signs of his dementia when he, he accidentally told the truth then. This is how it works. Honestly, I don't care about Ukraine. If we can throw some money at Ukraine to keep them afloat for a while longer, to keep fighting Russia, that's fine, I guess. In the grand scheme of things, we shouldn't. But, you know, you watch the stories. This is what I don't understand. There are two stories, going two completely different stories. Russia's on the verge of collapse. There was a story yesterday about how Russia had lost 90% of its military, 90% of its soldiers, in the fight in Ukraine, uh, their existing military before the the fight of Ukraine, You're like wait, how the hell is that even possible? If the other side is Ukraine needs money, or they're going to lose to Russia, like what the, what is it? How does that work? It can't be both, but they insist that it's both because. Well, the alternative would be to tell the truth, and the truth doesn't ever serve the power structure that exists or the left. Here it is, Wall Street Journal, yesterday: Russia has lost almost ninety percent of its pre-war army. U.S. intelligence says. Okay, well then either you see they're sitting there in in Washington, going, Ukraine's on the verge of collapse. If we don't give them this money, Putin will win. Putin will win. If they've lost 90% of their pre-war army, Russia has, then Russia's on the verge of collapse, right? Wouldn't you think? Which is it? It can't be both. And if which one it is is dependent upon which case you're arguing and what it is you want politically, then you're lying in both cases and you're not to be trusted. This is why Republicans saying we're going to need some accountability for this money, we want to know where it's going, what it's being used for, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is so important because it can't be both. Lastly today, I just want to point this out because this is uh, I hope this happens more in these left-wing cities where crime is rampant. And surprisingly, my hometown of Detroit is not one of these places. Detroit's murder uh, numbers are down significantly. They're looking like they're going to have a, a low score first time in a long time, and that's great. Now, part of the problem is that... Uh, there's not that many people left in detroit to murder but you know yeah they've already been murdered they're already gone but you get the idea this thing from uh, axios washington dc and this is getting people upset in washington dc all of the victims of crime all of the carjackings and there's a, a explosion in carjackings in washington dc in every single zip code in washington D.C., there's no neighborhood. That has been immune to carjackings in Washington, D.C. Why? Because it's kids, kids, teens, quote unquote, teens doing it, who then uh, just joyride, trash the cars, and then leave them. They don't, they don't care because they're not charged as adults. They're not charged most times at all. These Soros prosecutors look at crime and go, well, it's the fault of society, not the criminal. Well, people are sick of that and people don't want to go downtown and the sports teams are noticing that and they don't want to. The pro athletes, look, if you're uh, Alexander Ovechkin and you're driving a $150,000 or $500,000 car, whatever the hell he drives, I doubt he's driving a Hyundai. Just saying. Whatever you're driving, you drive downtown. um, You don't want to drive downtown. Somebody just walk up to your car with a gun and say, get out. You don't want that. Well, Governor Youngkin of Virginia is making a play for the Washington Wizards and the Caps to move over to Arlington. Now, I don't know where there would be any room to build a stadium complex over there or even one multi-purpose stadium. But there's a real possibility that these teams could be open to this. Just moving across the river, you don't lose the fan base. People can still come and it's much, much safer in Virginia, at least for now. It's a very blue area. They'll probably adopt the Soros rules of crime isn't really crime. It's a cry for... You didn't shoot that person to death because you're a monster who wanted their stuff and didn't want to work for it. You shot that person to death because society screwed you over. But at least right now, this will be a big wake-up call if these urban centers start losing. Look, businesses moving are one thing. Businesses moving don't, you know, it's not good. Nobody likes it. But when, like, Tesla moved out of California, they didn't care. When other companies moved out of California, they didn't really care. There's always going to be businesses there. And Washington, D.C. has the federal government. So there's always going to be a parasite class there to rent the buildings and pay the taxes now the commercial real estate is in trouble after covid but there's always going to be a tax base there people notice sports teams moving out of cities to the suburbs that's an embarrassment and that sends a message to tourists that maybe you don't want to go this and it causes new businesses to go i was going to open up near the stadium so there's foot traffic open up a restaurant open up a store whatever cuz there's going to be foot traffic for all the games and now that doesn't exist those businesses don't locate where the empty stadium is they locate where the full stadium is tourists go well if the professional sports teams with all their security and all their money don't feel safe there I'm not going to feel safe there I'm not going to go or maybe I'll go just during the day but I'm going to stay in a hotel across the river not in the city It has ripple effects. It's a problem for them. It couldn't happen to nicer, more deserving people. And I hope these teams leave the city because screw these cities. If you're going to keep voting for idiots who are going to continually embrace bad policies that are destructive, why do I care when things start to collapse on themselves? You did this. This is what you voted for. It's your own medicine. You created it. You take it. That it's a spiky suppository ain't my fault. It's yours. Anyway, that's enough for today. Appreciate you listening, download share, and telling a friend. Don't forget, enter the book contest, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. The weekend F and review will be up tomorrow as technically, well, possibly, episode episode either fourteen sixty or fifteen hundred. I don't know which. We can have two anniversaries for it. So thanks for listening and the support. Spread the word. Uh, And if you want to enter the book contest more often, uh, as many times as you want, five bucks an entry. You've got till Tuesday, till Monday night. Um, It's uh, Derek Allen Hunter, D-E-R-E-K-A-L-L-A-N-H-U-N-T-E-R at gmail.com. You can shoot me an email to confirm that's the email address first if you want to do that. And then uh, I will put a, big bowl of names and draw somebody to send them a rolling stone on It's not the whole band, but one member of the Rolling Stones. Is more. Hey, this is the only member of the Rolling Stones autograph I got. I have wanted to get a I desperately want to meet Keith Richards. I'd love to interview Keith Richards, but that'll never happen. But I would love to meet Keith Richards. I want to get his book signed. His book is awesome. And I look on eBay and you just can't find one They're like $1, a thousand bucks for something. And then you go, well, is this a forgery or whatever, uh, that's why I want to get it in person. That's why my autographs are genuine. Gen, generally either in person or have serious, legitimate certificates of authenticity, not something that somebody just printed up themselves. But uh, this one, you know, I'm probably never going to meet uh, Keith Richards or Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger doesn't have a book, so I wouldn't even know what to get signed with him. But... Uh, this is about it. And now I'm giving it one of you. Good luck today.